Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is a holiday edition of Movie Maniacs. I am Mike Rags. Chuck Curry is here. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to everybody out there. And thanks for joining us on Bobo 1190 107.5 FM. We're finding the podcast once again. Well, it's a big holiday week. Uh, major movies getting released streaming and in the theaters. Um, and that, of course, everybody talking about WW84. Uh, Wonder Woman 84. Chuck and I will have our reviews. We've also got a chance to see The Midnight Sky with George Clooney, his director and uh, starring movie, science fiction movie. And uh, I actually got a chance to see Disney Soul with my daughter, uh, which was also released. So, you know, three major releases that probably would have been duking it out, I think, Christmas time at some, maybe not as much George Clooney, but it definitely would have been Soul versus Wonder Woman if they were in theaters. And we'll have our reviews in a second, but let's bring them in here. Chuck, I also, you know, since they go back to 1984, uh, later on in the show, if you're listening on Wobo 1190, we'll rerun our 1984 show back in the day, Chuck, where we consider uh, the greatest year in movie Good making. One. It's funny how Wonder Woman chose that year to do it. And also, I also found Fandango took a survey of 1,500 movie uh, watchers and ask them to rank their favorite 1984 movies. I've got that list and see how many of the top 10 you can pick coming up. But let's bring them in now. Chuck, uh, happy holidays. Uh, what did you get anything movie related for Christmas? No. <laughs> it was a rough Christmas this year. I don't want to talk about it. I got a movie uh, uh, E.T. Uh, puzzle. It was oh, from cool. my daughter. So that that's was very really, nice. He's really got good nice. taste. Yes, very good taste. Where'd she get that? Where'd she obtain that from? Uh, it, I don't know. Uh, was it, it, it was old, I guess, huh? No, it was uh, Blockbuster has a new retro series of uh, uh, somebody's putting out. They look like a, it looks like a video box, and it's a movie. I saw All one right. for Jaws. I saw one for Breakfast Club. So you had a good Christmas. I did have a good Christmas. Do you uh, like this week? The week between. I, normally, I love this week. The week between Christmas and New Year's. People are out. It's very festive. But yeah. It's 2020 and there's this thing called COVID. I don't know how out and about and how festive people are going to be. I'm assuming a lot of people are gearing up to New Year's Eve, not going out, but probably staying home watching uh, Beyond the Poseidon Adventure once again this New Year's Eve. No? Uh, yeah. Um, I know you probably watched it today. So I got, it, so I got it on Endless Loop. Actually, I, I, I plan on watching the Poseidon Adventure privately uh, early New Year's Eve. Uh, in the theater. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That'll be fun. A lot of fun. Uh, And the quintessential New Year's Eve movie, I suppose. Uh, I guess when Harry Met Sally would be the other one. And you know, I was telling you before we went on air. um, Nobody wants to hear this story, Chuck. Nobody. I won't tell it then. Nobody wants to hear. Do you watch two earthquake movies? I watched Earthquake on the big screen (laughs) privately because it was released December 20th, 1974. So I had sort of nostalgic feel for doing it. And then I said, hey, you know what? Uh, my wife and daughter said, why don't we watch San Andreas also? And I said, OK, we'll go back the next night and do that. And I got to tell you, I, I had a good time. And this is what I'll say. It felt watching these two films on the big screen and then we have a nice size screen. 
and we had a nice throw and it picture looks incredible. It felt like a gift from the heavens. Why? It was a, it was a, it was an absolute, I'm serious, an absolute privilege to sit in a theater and watch a movie on the big screen. Cause there is nothing. And I mean, nothing like it. If you're a movie fan, the, the, the TV, I don't care how big your TV. It's just, it's not the same. All right. Okay. Uh, Fair so enough. where did, so where did you watch wonder woman on the TV? Didn't I, I did. I had no choice. And, and my, first, I want to say, before we talk about the film itself, when I watched it on my, and I have an old, I have one of the first HD high definition televisions. I bought it back in the day. I actually paid like 2,500 bucks for it. And it's only a 37 inch. Okay? <laughs> you could probably get that same TV for $500. Right I now, know. I'm just saying, <laughs> but a movie, a big scale movie, like wonder woman, 1984, uh, it feels trapped on your TV. Did That's it, the first. It, it does. It just well, does. Well, let's talk oh. about that first before we talk about the movie. Did it? Yeah. Did it? You think it affected your 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 movie experience, whether you liked it or not? Not not whether I liked it or not, but it did. It did. It did affect it. Yes, it did. Okay. Well, I I'll don't let mind. You start. You saw it before it, I did. But, so. but here's the thing. I think when you see a movie on a big screen and then later on watch it on your TV, that's fine. But right. a movie to premiere on your TV that's really designed and made to be watched on a big screen, um, it does lose some luster. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell. Uh, we without don't further know, ado, we, you start, and then I'll reply. Right, you saw enough. it before I did. So I did. Go ahead. Here's the thing: highly anticipated, right? Warner Brothers makes that shocking announcement: going to bypass uh, a big theatrical release day to day. Going to do Christmas Day, HBO Max. They cut that deal. Okay. So I said, "Holy smoke!" So I really want to see Wonder Woman 1984. I love the first Wonder Woman. I love her. Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. She's awesome. As we stated, she is. She defines Wonder Woman, I think, the same way Christopher Reeve uh, defines Superman. Fair, fair analogy. You would agree. I have no problem with that. I found I a lot the, of similarities between this movie and Superman, too, as a matter of fact. I love I, I love the first Wonder Woman. So I'm watching Wonder Woman 1984. I'm sitting there. And it's going on for about, I don't know, a half hour, then 40 minutes. And I'm like 90 minutes. I know where you're going. 90 I'm saying, minutes. I'm saying 90 to myself, minutes I'm, and no I'm, Wonder Woman. I'm saying to myself, <laughs> boy, Patty Jenkins has really uh, made some interesting choices in her pacing. Mm -hmm. And um, then about halfway through, me, my wife and daughter sort of look at each other. And I got to be honest with you. Um, she's awesome in the film. And I like Chris Pratt, Chris Pine, excuse me. I like Chris. Yeah. I, I still like their chemistry. But as the movie un unraveled a couple things, I said to myself, did Joel Schumacher hijack the project? <laughs> am I am I watching Batman and Ro Batman and Robin? I I'm serious. Like it, it just it sort of started to evolve into something I did not expect. It has a completely, and I understand it takes place in 1984, but it has such a completely different feel. Doesn't feel like and, it's 1984, by the way. Yeah, okay. Not, it, outside not of really. Chris Pine walking around in wonderment, there's right. really not much 1984. So, so here's the thing: it. It, it, it had such a different feel from the first Wonder Woman mo movie. No, a okay. completely different feel. Okay. Right. And the there's two villains. One is Cheetah, played mm -hmm. by Kristen Wiig. Okay, I'm I was I'm fine. I with liked her. her. I liked okay. her. And then this other villain. Max Lord played. What's the actor's name? You know him better than I do because you watch The Mandalorian. Yeah, right? Pablo Pascal. Yes. Okay. And I'm saying to myself, as this villain starts to un inter you know unravel uh, via script onto the onto the uh, you know the the the, the screen, 
I say to myself, what is this? Like, I, I was like, like, I was, I got to tell you, Mike, you know, there's a feeling that you have when, when you have to face the reality that you, you're, you're utterly disappointed. I, I got to be honest, as, as the movie raveled on, I, I, I hated to say it because I wanted to love this film and I love her as Wonder Woman. I love her as Wonder Woman. But this movie, I, I, it, I, was this the same director? Is this Patty Jenkins from the first? Did she really direct this? Didn't and here's like another it. thing. This script, this script that they used, it's a mess. It I is. mean, it's an absolute mess. First of all, I understand you want to develop character, but you're talking about scenes that should be two minutes go on for eight minutes over and over and over and i'm like what are you doing here like what is this well especially when you have two characters that really are the crux of the movie we already know their backstory we don't need i was really frustrated with the whole um quick cut wardrobe chris pine thing i'm like these 1984 jokes are falling flat um, is that really we're going to spend 20 minutes on Chris Pine's wonderment that he's in 1984 where it doesn't even feel like 1984? Well, it's here's a complete the thing. In, in the first film, she's a fish out of water. He's yes, a, yes. They flip it where she is now she's been around for a long time. He comes back and even his introduction. I don't want to give it's everything a complete away. utter mess. It, the whole, it doesn't the whole feel, concept like, of where I the villain like, originates. What is going on here? With the whole I, I, concept, I'm sorry. With the whole yeah, concept of where the villain originates from is yeah. completely and utterly ridiculous. We're gonna, uh, it's a wish maker. I mean, is that what we're doing? A genie, a, a a bad genie, and you made a wish that your former lover would come back to life, and that's. I mean, it felt forced to get Chris Pine into it, this it, movie. It did very it did. forced to get him but, in. But and here's the thing: the villain, Max Lord. You could easily. This movie's two and a half hours, and I hate. I hate to rag on it. I, I hate doing this. But it's I not do. good, Chuck. It's not a good movie. But I sat there and I said to myself, Mike, because we we we've been around a, a while. We 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 we've lived through the eighties and nineties. This sort of had a feel of that old school Hollywood bomb. Yeah, of it a did. Wild, like a Wild Wild West with Will Smith. Right? Yes, it had I, that this- feel to it. I felt that if this movie was released theatrically, it would have been a utter disaster. It would have got killed by not just critics, but fans as well. Now, here's what bothers me the most. Okay, this is clear because if if you look at the the reaction on social media, okay, about 70 percent of the regular people, the regular fan base feels like we're like we do right now. Right. Right. 30 percent like the movie because they'd like if this if, if, you know, if they just uh, had a blank screen, they would like it. Just that's the way it works. OK, <laughs> they're desperate here, for liking a movie like. That, right. Yeah. So here here's the thing. I, I just I don't understand how they could have used this script and and not realize what's going on in the editing room. You could have took the Max Lord character, Mike. You really could. You could cut out half his scenes. You could. Yeah. You could condense half his scenes. And you could have a tighter film. It might play better because there are a couple of good scenes in this movie. I did like the, gr- the one. The great scene is the is the Cairo car chase scene. Yeah, it's good. That's really done really well. Yeah, it's and really good. One and of my she, biggest she problems. She looks with great. The, and, yeah. and she looks but, great. But Chuck, one of the biggest problems I have with the movie is that is an hour and a half into the movie. And prior I know that. To that she's Diana 
and she's Wonder Woman very early in the beginning at the mall. And I thought that was a cheesy, very bad. Very. Opening and and sequence. I said that my daughter looked at me at that point and said, boy, she's there's no Wonder Woman here. No, there's no Wonder Woman until the 90 minute mark. That seems very good. And I don't know if you know this, but this Warner Brothers had Patty Jenkins refilm the end. Oh. She didn't have an action scene in the end. Well, she that's... for some reason, she was trying to make some sort of intimate character movie. It appears. Well, it seems right? like, too, that they really wanted to drive home this uh, uh, this point of, hey, everybody stop wishing for the world and we'd all be in a better world. If I we get did it. That. And I'm and, fine and with this, this social uh, movement that they wanted to make at the end of this movie. They just slopped it on very thickly, Chuck. And again, um, it, by that point in time, two hours in, I will tell you this. Here's yeah. the major problem with the movie. When the best part of your movie is a minute tag during the credits that's a problem and that's and, a really good that, that, that's a great singer it's that a is great a, sign no, off but when that's the best part of your movie you've got a problem and we're Everything talking about is, is for, the people li- for the people listening we're talking about the uh, end credit sequence yes yes, yes it's, it's really it's good remarkably good it's really maybe the best tag on end credits and i did feel in any of these so- i, I did these- feel I don't want to give it away, but the last scene between Chris Pine and Gal Gadot. That was done very well. Yes. Good. That, that had was, emotional that power. Yes, it There's did. Some good, listen, I don't want to completely say the movie is, is it's all not good. There's a few good things in this movie, specifically her. And Chuck, she, Christine really grew a tail. I mean, she had a tail. I mean, this movie gets beyond ridiculous. And I like Kristen Wiig. I thought that character was interesting. I, I just... When she grew a tail, I'm like, what are we doing? That, this is that, a whole, that whole fight sequence at the end is tech. It's, it's tacked on it's bad. It's bad. And Chuck, I got to tell you, too. This is a D.C. problem from beyond this movie. Every time they try to get a villain on screen, they can't get their villains right in any movie. Any Here, of the D.C. comic. Here's world. another problem with what they're doing. OK, this movie. It really almost feels like parody, right? A little. Yeah. It's so light. It's so fluffy. They use humor that's just it's it's complete. It's, it's trash. It's, all right. It's, Here, if they don't call this movie 1984, that joke is gone. And the the, the, the overlying tone of the movie but how do you, doesn't how make do you, any sense. How do you have this movie in this universe? And then Snyder's Justice League cut could be rated R with Wonder no Woman. In, like, how do you do this? It almost felt like he wasn't involved, but then he is involved. He's the producer. He's one of the co-executive producers of the movie. How does he let this happen? It's completely. Uh, I mean, uh, and I'm a fan what? of the of obviously that Wonder Woman and the Justice League and Batman v Superman. All the other times she's popped up, even her theme song is what? one of the best theme songs. Would, would you ever say? Done. Would you say this is a fair comparison between? A little bit Superman three, a little bit Superman four. It yet a little bit, a little bit, and I, you know, the whole Superman two analogy I, I brought up earlier. Well, we know, both she, love Superman two. Yeah, Superman two is great. They steal that storyline of she's got to decide whether to be in love and have her powers, or or not have her powers, or right. not be in love and and be. But Wonder it doesn't. Woman. It, it, it does. It's that's not paced right. Either. No, it's all. You don't, it, you don't get a power to it. And oh, by the way. Uh, Connie Nielsen and Robin Wright, how much money did you get paid for that movie? Because they have, uh, I don't even know if they speak, and they've got title credit uh, p- credits. Well, what, you know, Robin Wright that, has a couple lines. Yeah, I mean, were there scenes that we missed? Where they did they, they cut them out? I mean, 
that was one of the appeals of the original movie. If you the- notice the opening scene with, with, with the little girl as young Diana, yes. that's that's shot 185. Yeah, that's a that's shot in IMAX, I believe. Yeah. And then the movie goes two, three, five wide. I did feel I was I did feel the movie itself was trapped on a TV screen, though. It just uh, was. Uh, it was it was more trapped in a bad script and a bad concept. And yes, a bad it's a idea. bad script. It's a bad script. And and the whole and I love Chris Pine in pretty much everything. But the shtick of wonderment for 45 minutes, it wore thin on me, Chuck. I mean, yes, we have planes now that fly supersonic speeds. And I mean, it. it it it's doesn't like, feel the same we're, as the we're wasting film. our time. We, it was just a complete like that scene where they're flying through the fireworks, a complete waste of time. Although they finally did have an invisible plane, which I know a lot of fans were heart, were hoping for. And I'm glad they did that. But Chuck and you're right. She is amazing when she's yes. Wonder Woman, yes, when she's, she's not great. Wonder Woman, though. She's not that great of an actress. Let's no, I know. It. Listen, no, I, I here's the thing. I think personally she defines class and confidence on screen. I like her a lot. I like, I like what she's doing uh, in terms of it's her message. I, the message is good. The message is right. This is just, they used a they used a really bad script. And Chuck, Patty these Jenkins movies need, made, these, oh. these movies need to have laughs too. You need to, these movies, most of them, especially DC world. So that's part of the problem. Marvel gets it. Marvel wants to entertain people in a lot of different ways more than action. There's yeah. no laughs in this movie whatsoever. I mean, if a fanny pack is your best laugh, then you've got yeah. problems here. I mean, I kept thinking of Captain Marvel in the back of my mind, how good that movie was. And there's a lot of similarities to Captain Marvel in the world she's well, in. Well, the first Wonder Woman is great. I love the first one. I love it. Yeah, but even that is gritty. It's not, you know. It is gritty. I mean, the No Man's, the, the, the no man's Land battle scene. That's great. It's nothing in this film comparable. Nothing. Just think about the villain in that movie and the villain in this movie. You're talking about the a demonic possessed, uh, basically uh, Hitler reincarnated. Uh, and, and this one is uh, uh, Aladdin, basically, giving everybody a it wish. Is so, and- it is really. I mean, I kept saying to myself, I really was saying to myself, like, it, it felt like like Uma Thurman's Poison Ivy, like, um. Uh, you know, she I, she grew a tail. Lenny Luthor. I thought John Kreider was going to pop up. I uh, mean, I, I'm serious. He got that corny. Some it, of this stuff here's and, and they they actually have someone impersonating Ronald Reagan in this film in more than one scene. Oh, and that that that, pre, that president was so that, campy. Parody. It's so it was bad. A parody. It's so bad. I mean, I said to myself, what is she going for here? And when then they have the up. missiles flying and the right. world coming. I mean, when, I, with good point when he, that president pops up in the movie. It's I'm like, are you kidding a disaster, me? A disaster. What are you doing here? Yeah. And Why I felt you go. You, they went. They literally she went. She was she was channeling Schumacher's Batman and Robin at times in this movie. I can't argue with it, Chuck. It's, I mean, it's, come on. Uh, I'm curious because we have not spoke since we've seen it. I, I was curious of your reaction. I. I, this is, I guess, and I hate doing this because I want to love this movie. This, like, you don't know how you. I sat on my couch when the movie was over. I was really, I was bummed. I was bummed. I was like, damn. I didn't understand. Like, I, I don't understand the people that like it. I'm like, I, I don't get. I don't know what movie they they uh, they saw um, because I I don't get it. I know they want to have. You know, I 
it seemed like from the reviews I saw beforehand, it's uplifting. It's the movie we know. Oh, I was going to say this is what I was going to say. Okay, this is what bothers me a lot. This goes to show you that a lot of the bloggers have influence on the Internet. Okay, they're in the pocket of the studios because Warner Brothers was able to. If you remember two weeks ago, we reported how good the buzz was. Oh, Mm -hmm. the buzz. Warner Brothers was able to create a good advanced buzz on this movie because they got certain bloggers who have influence on the net to give fake reviews. That's the truth. I, I don't doubt that. And I, mean, I went on somebody's blogs today, just out of curiosity. There's a lot of major ones that don't have a Wonder Woman 84 review on their site. <laughs> because they don't want, they don't want, they have mixed feel. They're not being honest about their own entity, which is their blog versus set visits, blah, 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 interviews with, with, and it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's sad because, you know, it seemed like to put it in 1984 was an utter gimmick as well. And it never had the payoff I was looking for. Um, we'll talk about some 1984 movies that actually worked in 1984. But it, it the pace was set early with that mall scene that just, I mean, having a guy dangle a child from a mall. I mean, w- what are we doing here, Ch- Chuck? That is. This is not the kind of movie I want to see and then have it be a goofy action sequence. And you're going to put a girl like that in peril makes absolutely what's, no what's, sense. what's amazing. And we'll close here. What's amazing, though, is in 2020, with all the history now of high concept comic book films. Yep. How could you go down this road in this movie? Like, how could you do this? No you way. Get it so wrong. All the good. All, and I again, I don't know the inner workings here, but all the good grace that Patty Jenkins built up with the studio for off the first Wonder Woman. Yeah. There's no way they're happy with this product. There's I no would, way. There's I, no way. I would almost say, Chuck, they dodged a bullet with the pandemic because I think it, this would have gone down as a bigger you know, disappointment if it was released. And the only way you could see it was to pop 15 bucks down and, and waste your time and effort going into the movie theaters. I really believe that. I think the veracity that we feel would be even worse if – if oh, I saw it in theaters on my opening and night. I think that I think that's the I think that is the ultimate reason they decided to do this with streaming and not hold, hold it to you know July August of 2021 I, when yeah. they released it in theaters. I think we know now why this movie was re- released the way it was. I absolutely believe that it, it wasn't good enough. It, it wasn't yeah, good enough to hold not. back with the bonds and the and the quiet places too. And what stinks about it the most is you know we know actors actors they don't get younger. So, no. you know, it takes time. She is Wonder Woman. She is that she character. Is. She, she is. I want to see her do at least two more of these films. It's almost like, Chuck, they said, well, how are we going to bring Chris Prime back? Well, what if we made this thing where you can make a wish and it comes back? And then they expanded upon that to be the villain. That's, and I'm, that's what they did. And, and it's like, it, it's bad, bass backwards. And it's a shame because it wastes the talent of a Chris Pine, Christine Wig, and Pablo Pascal is so good as the Mandalorian. Uh, many people will be surprised that that's even him uh, because they give him nothing to do outside of bleed from his left eye and ear. And, and he's, he, over, he's over. He's over. It's over. I mean, he, they, they clearly so, are trying. He's so over there. He, it gets ridiculous. They are they clearly to trying to. In. They're tr- clearly trying to kick Trump in the gonads, too, with this character, too. It's a blatant, yeah, they are. It's just like, let's let's uh, make a mockery of Trump in the meantime while we have this villain. And it's clear what they're doing. And, and it doesn't work. And it's a shame that that's the road they went down. Um, but, yeah, when I I mean, I, when I saw they actually had an actor looking like Ronald Reagan, I'm like, this is a, this is what it, I mean, come on. Uh, and, and he's a he's, buffoon. 
and an ultimate uh, just to just uh, look, you, you've got action scenes in the White House that really have no action and, and it and it falls flat and, and enough with the slow motion fight scenes, too. I mean, I, every fight scene is digitally enhanced. There's no real action in it. And, and that bothers me, too, Chuck. And maybe I have noticed that more when I'm watching it on the small screen. But can I have a fight scene with the actors? And they could be stunt actors. I'm fine with that. Actually fighting actually throwing punches uh and we don't get that at all i will say the cairo chase scene was the best part of the movie it, it, it is it, it was an homage to raiders of the lost ark which yeah, it was good it was um, good it was good outside of that there's not much more that i liked about no, and, the, and the end fight sequence is like uh-huh. honestly I, I had lost interest at that it's point a cartoon it's a cartoon it, it, it's cgi awful yep. it's a, it's a cartoon and uh but i will say this fast forward to the end credits because that is just remarkable oh two did. more things well, I, I missed the shield. I really missed the shield from the yep. first film. Yeah. And she flies. Yes, yeah, she actually flies, literally flies. Yeah. He teaches her how to fly her body, not to, of an invisible plane. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I, she, and I, I looked over to my daughter who cannot stomach when I tease her with this stuff. But I said, she's stealing Superman's job. I mean, this is ridiculous. And of course, my daughter punched me a couple times, but I'm just saying. Well, it's true. I didn't know Wonder Woman could fly. Maybe fans of the comic book will tell us that there's I, I a whole series so. that she can fly. Um, okay. But whatever. I a, did a miss much... the shield from the first film, though. I got to be honest. I really... Yeah, I, 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 missed, I missed her mom and her, and, her, and, her, and her aunt, her protector. I missed them a lot, too. I thought they were going to be in the movie a little bit more, and, and neither one. They show up in the beginning. They don't even do anything, and, and they're gone, uh, and, and that's a bummer. Um, so everything we said, other than this, it was okay. No. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, you know, just I'm speaking for you and myself. We hate doing this. No, I, I don't. I didn't. I, I wanted but, to like but, it, yeah. but we have we have to be honest. I mean, that's the whole point. And we're not gonna we're not gonna say we liked it just because we wanted to like it. This movie is severely problematic and stunningly immature. That's so it's it's stunningly immature. And and a Superman three reference that 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 might me the best analogy of all is because it just felt like it's it's Superman three that starts to bleed into Superman four. Yeah, that's my that would be my analogy. Um, And then Gene Hackman and Chris Pines, basically Gene Hackman, he's just going through the I'm here. They they need me in this. They're paying me a lot. They're paying me. I'm a recognizable person. I'm not doing anything. I, it might as well have been the actor whose embodiment he had been in that role because he's not doing anything in this. Well, film. He, he, again, that bothers me, too, because it is one actor. He I don't want to give it away, but he more, you know, you know what I'm yeah. saying? More. Yeah, that's and what I'm talking like, about. It, it, it never really felt real anyway. No, it didn't. That's what I mean. It could have been the other guy doing it because it was just a and 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 uh, we're we're two big Chris Pine fans. And and, uh, and that's a shame. Um, well, we'll see what where the series goes from here. Now, in a, in a much better film and a much darker tone. Um, and I really enjoyed The Midnight Sky with George Clooney and the director and star about a uh, kind of a post-apocalyptic Earth where they're trying to survive. I guess it's some sort of uh, deadly disease that's ravaging through the world. And there's this uh, station in Antarctica that he's uh, befriended a young girl and they're trying to survive. In the meantime, there's a colony being set up. In outside one of the moons of Jupiter, there's a space station going there and back to say, hey, we can live on this land. And then we got the likes of Felicity Jones, Kyle Chandler and, and, and a number of other actors, familiar faces that you've seen on that spaceship. And they kind of intertwine past and present and, and it really, really well thought out script. Uh, I thought it was a well paced movie as uh, as well. And, and George Clooney, I'll tell you what. He gives one of his best performances in a long, long time. He doesn't make a lot of movies. Um, uh, 
look, does it have it flaw? Has it flaws? Maybe. Have we seen this storyline kind of before? Yeah, we probably have. But there's really there's two really good scenes in this film, and and they're kind of action scenes too, Chuck. Uh, it just I think it's a great science fiction movie. It's a good watch on a Saturday night. Um, and and great, huh? the performance he gives, I, I was really impressed by George Clooney. It made me wish he made more movies. Um, he just doesn't. And and uh, when he's in them, he's usually pretty good. And I thought he he directed this really, really well. Um, and anytime you have, I can watch Kyle Chandler painting the sign of my wall, wall and I'll watch really? it for a few hours. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. So. Can I speak now? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to give my review because you won't let me get to talk now for the next 20 minutes. So <laughs> I figured I could let people know Midnight yeah. Sky is a very good movie. We're going to have a big disagreement on this one. I felt... And I like sci-fi. I love, and I, and I agree. His performance is good. It's um, great. It's not good. It's really okay. good. It's really. Good. Are you bothered at all the fact he how much he downplays his looks? No, not at all. I, I, mean, I said to my daughter, you know, that's the sexiest man alive. She goes, but he, that's what he would look like really? if he lived on Antarctica for okay. you know most uh, of his life. Now. Uh, now, in all seriousness, to me, this film was the equivalent of of two sleeping pills. Uh, you're I mean, wrong. It, it was you're absolutely boring. wrong. It was pretty boring. It's not boring. Uh, I'm not a fan of Clooney's direction. Snails move quicker. Uh, you're uh, absolutely right. I mean, it has some interesting elements. The movie peters out in the last act. I found it not really interesting at all anymore in the last act. It has it ends on a melancholy thud. And um, oh, you don't I think you didn't, you think didn't like a, you didn't like where the story ended up with what his character was going through and who he was with the whole time. You yeah, didn't, I mean, it was interesting, but you didn't get that. You didn't like it, that. It, it, it's just the movie's just way too pace. It's just paced so slow uh, you didn't like the scene where he woke up in the dream sequence and then realized that they're 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 where they were staying was quickly melting in ice and that was I get really it. I, no it, it, i yeah that was interesting having said that it just i never really got hooked into the story his direction and he does he's done this before his direction is so leisurely that I don't know, he doesn't understand mainstream sensibility. I can tell you right now, Mike, mainstream will not like this movie. Um, no, maybe they will not. not like this movie. They're not going to like this movie. Um, it's it's maybe beyond not. slow. It's, and I don't mind, like I told you a few weeks ago, like we wrote Solaris, he didn't direct that, but I like that movie. I like that movie. He did a movie called Michael Clayton like 15 years ago, critically raved to me, so slow. Just so slow. I, I, I find it boring, is just boring. I find his direction boring. He just moves things so slow. I do like him as an actor a lot. I respect the hell out of him. I think he's a great guy from all accounts. But uh, this movie didn't do much for me. And I wanted to like, as in, I want, I mean, don't get me wrong. Wonder Woman, I really wanted to love. <laughs> I wanted to like, I didn't know much about this before I saw it. So I was like, okay, Clooney sci-fi. I love sci-fi. Let me watch it. Uh, I figured you'd be impressed. I seen two movies, one on Netflix, one on HBO Max, two days in a row. And um, it now, just, it, it just so the people me. out there understand, he, I, there's there's some, you know, fact checking that I did. I mean, he did not. He, he, he didn't direct Michael Clayton. The movie you're thinking about is Ides of March. We did uh, that movie with uh, the same kind of okay. movie, uh, Ides of March with uh, Paul Giamatti and Philip right. Seymour Hoffman. Okay. And, My bad. Ryan, my bad. <laughs> Ryan Gosling, but that's okay. So you're, uh, fat, you're fact checking me in real time. No, I I knew oh. that. I just wanted to wanted you to know that. Okay, I mean, fair so, enough. You know, uh, but Michael Clayton, you're right. Uh, it was a slow movie. Oh, um, Michael Clayton was a slow movie. But I'm yeah. gonna tell you, just based just I'm talking about this film. It's just it's just it's just so slow. Okay, 
that's nice. fine. Uh, okay. To each his own, I suppose. Uh, well, that's what movie going is all about. You see one way, I, I see it another way. And understood. We're both right <laughs> because that's just our it's, taste. It's, it's, listen, whoever likes not Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, they're wrong. But yeah, they're saying. very wrong. That yeah. would be a wrong take. Uh, right. And by the way, I love Felicity Jones, by the way. And I, I like her. I think she's very sure. appealing on screen. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and David Oiloo is always good, too. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's a good co-star. I, I just thought it was a good cast. A good movie uh, and much better than maybe I saw it post Wonder Woman. No, actually, I saw that first. Can't even blame Wonder Woman on that. I'll tell you what I did see. And maybe yeah. it's the best of all of them that came out this weekend. And Pixar has done it again, my friend, with D- uh, Disney's uh, Pixar Soul, which is uh, another heartwarming, funny, uh, light entertainment with great music and a good message for the kids and the family. And I know you have no heart and no soul, so you'll never see this movie. So it's up Probably to me not. to tell people that, yes, Pixar's hit a home run once again. And it's a funny, uh, touching um, and thought provoking movie as well. And even my daughter at the end of the movie says, wow, this is really sad, but sad in a good way. And, and you just learn a lot about what life is really about, Chuck. And, and, and you know, it's uh, it's very rare that uh, Pixar misses the mark and they didn't miss this one again. Uh, Soul, it's on Disney Plus. Jamie Foxx is the lead. I don't like Jamie Foxx, but it doesn't matter. He's a voice. He's not on the screen, but uh, a lot of good performances from Tina Fey and the likes in it as well. So uh, okay. I would highly recommend Disney's Pixar soul. Um, any chance in the world you'll take 90 minutes and sit down and watch this movie. Unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead you watch uh, San Andreas for the 80th time and find I some... even, I, you're confusing the audience. I said, I saw earthquake. Well, oh, then the night later, I saw San Andreas. Yeah, then you saw San Andreas. Earthquake. And I enjoyed the heck out of that movie. Oh, it's unbelievable, that movie. It's just uh, <laughs> so so good. Uh, we've never seen anything like it. It's just unbelievable. Um, so, oh, how I, the, can rock I, can, the, the Rock single-handedly. Uh, can, I, can I give my opinion on one other thing? Go ahead. Okay, after watching these movies on, on streaming, okay? Now, I, I do think there's definitely a market for certain movies on streaming. Movies. I'm not talking about TV shows. I'm talking about right. binge-watching. Obviously, I'm excited about Cobra Kai season three. Netflix moving it up to January 1st. Okay? That was movie news I was going to bring up. Good segue. Okay. Good right. segue. The, the, they've given the gift of Cobra Kai to us at Christmas time. I appreciate that. We need it, too. We do. Now, but I do think for big movies like Wonder Woman 84, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm confident moviegoers will get tired of watching these films not in the movie theater. They're not meant, I'm telling you, they're not meant to watch on the TV. They're not. And a lot of the Midland movies will get completely lost in the shuffle. People will just say, ah, I don't care. I just don't have the time. I'm not excited. I'm not motivated. There's not enough marketing campaigns for me to find this stuff. Another thing I want to point out, there's two movies that are currently on on pay-per-view. One is Greenland with Gerard Butler has gotten really good reviews. 20 bucks. Yep. And then there's the other one. Another one I want to watch with Jessica Roth. All right. It's a love story about uh, her boyfriend has cancer. It's based on a true story. I, I'm a big fan of hers. I think she's tremendously appealing. Here's the problem. I went on my pay-per-view <clears throat> to, to see if I could watch it. And I see the price tag of 1999. And Mike, mm. I can't press the button. No, I just can't. It's no, just it's... too much damn money. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I got I got HBO Max for fourteen ninety nine. I go watch 
I go watch Wonder Woman and a hundred other things. Well, that's the thing. You know, they're pricing it at $20 when there's so many other options for free that you wouldn't even bother. Why, why would I spend this money? I'll spend two hours watching this it's movie. Like, here's the thing. It, it, why not go $12.99? Wouldn't they get more subscribers? Like $19.99, I'm telling you, just they're, they're, it's too high. They're, they're, kick, they're kicking off half their potential audience. Yeah. They're not going to pull the trigger on that. Yeah, it's too not high. Not enough. It's, it's too way, high. Way too high. There's no doubt about it. And uh, we're like, really I would, living. I, this is a really interesting model. Like I'm trying to because I mean, I know I've been covering the industry for a, dec- a few decades on radio and I'm, I'm trying to grasp my I know that model. I know the theater. I know the percentages. I know the contracts of booking. I know exactly. I know everything about it, how it works. I don't know everything about streaming and, and how this all works with the studios. I guess this will involve. They'll have to disclose more and more as it goes on. But I do know in my gut, I know price points because I'm, I'm a business person. $19.99 is too high of a price point. It's not going to work at that price point. I, I would tend to agree. Uh, Chuck, some other movie news I wanted to get to. Um, Warner Brothers announced they're going to release a prequel to Mad Max Fury Road. Um, also, the Color Purple musical uh, in theaters 2023. We're getting way ahead of ourselves Whoa. here, Chuck. But, uh, you know, we already have the matrix Four, Dune and the suicide squad coming out this year. So um, Warner brothers getting backloaded and pushing these film, films. I heard, to I, I, I heard there's been a lot of pressure on Dune and then now they're going to back off the streaming aspect of it. I heard that as well. I yeah. did hear that. But um, that's good news. We'll see what happens there. Oh, I want you to also find a, uh, I found a trailer, a new oh, you action. See the, did you see the trailer coming to America too? Yes, I did. But before it's we get to that, good. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. I was going to yeah. bring that up. But before we get to that, I want you after the show to go uh-huh. find a movie called Skyfire with uh, Jason Isaacs and a yeah. bunch of Japanese stars. It's directed by Simon West. And you tell me if this is not an American, uh, a, a, re- a Japanese remake of When Time Ran Out. Um, they've actually done it. Chuck, I want you. To, it's called Skyfire. Wow. OK. And, and uh, and the only American, he's not, he's British in it. So is, they, they use a non-Japanese actor, a non-Asian actor as a lead. Uh, well, no, Jason Isaacs looks like he's taking the James Franciscus role in this. Oh, film. boy. Yeah. Um, it's about a uh, a theme park that opens up on the Pacific Rim on a on an island that's vol- has a volcanic belt in it. And it shows you all the wonders of the world. And what nature. a brilliant idea. To and guess what happens? Right Guess what happens when you build an amusement park on a volcano? Oh the volcano is going to erupt. Oh so boy. I, I this is uh, where's Jack Limbus set in Paul Newman when you need him? Huh? I, I don't know. No word yet. If uh, former High Wire act played by Burgess Meredith and his wife are going to have that in the movie. What about Pat Morita? And uh, yeah, you got to have Pat Morita. Got to yeah. have Pat Morita. And you got to have a blind man in Ernest yeah. Borgnine being led by Red Button. So and then what's his name? Who punched a horse in Blazing Saddles? Was, yeah, uh, uh, that's right. Ha, what's <laughs> forgot he was in that movie. Uh, why can't I think of his name right now? He did the Webster move the show, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Alex Karras. Alex, Alex Karras. Mongo. Yeah. Mongo. Yeah. <laughs> Mongo's in when time ran out. Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, this does look like it has a little more action and uh, uh, maybe some better substance to it, but I want you to find it. It's Skyfire. And yes, okay. you did point out that Coming to America 2, the trailer came out. All Everybody seems to be back, even James Earl Jones. Yeah. Um, it does look highly entertaining, and it, it looks does. like it hits all the notes of the original film as mm-hmm. well. Um, I've got no problem with it, Chuck. I think it, it you know, the question is, it, you know, maybe this is the type of movie that will lend itself to streaming more than going to the movies to see. Really? 
Yeah. So people like people like to sit on the couch and laugh by themselves, huh? Yeah. Well, no, they usually you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it with fifty to one hundred and fifty people. I guess not everybody lives by themselves alone in the basement. Um, You you can have a family and you watch a movie. Can you imagine seeing back to school back in nineteen eighty six in your house and not being in a packed theater? No, of course not. You want to be in a movie theater, of course. But these are uh, what do they call it? Unprecedented times. Let me ask you a question. I understand. New normal, Chuck. Let me ask you a question. I know you're not a scientist, but you seem like an intelligent guy. COVID going back. Listen, here's my opinion. Sometime in 2021, this is going to end. I believe that. Mm -hmm. I do. Probably not the beginning. The end, yeah, it'll end. I believe that. And and think we will get people back in movie theaters. I agree. It's going to happen. I agree. All right. You know, you're not going to get an argument from me. I totally agree. And baseball stadiums and concerts and football games. All that's going to happen. Yes, I agree. It should happen a lot sooner than some people want it to, but it will happen. Um, Chuck, do you have any other movie news before we move forward with Fast Five? And I've got this great 1984 thing I want to give to you. So do you have anything? I do not. All right. So we can move forward. Is that what you're saying? Let's do uh, Fast Five. I give Chuck five actors or actresses. He tells me the first movie that comes to mind or first performance that comes to mind as well. Let's try to avoid a reference to The Swarm here, Chuck. And I'll try to not to bring up Roller Coaster because Richard Widmark's been in a lot of damn good movies and uh, he would have celebrated his 106th birthday this weekend. Give me a Richard Widmark movie. Oh, boy. I, I, I really got to give some thought. Of course, The Swarm <laughs> was going to pop in my head. <laughs> He, he overacted a little in the swarm, no? It, no. Uh, but, Michael Caine overacted. Richard, I mean, they, they were like playing against each other. Who can overact a little bit more? Um, and I, of course, love him in Roller Coaster. He overacts a little bit there, too. Um, yeah, it was, you know, he's done a lot of great work. Interesting talent. Great talent. Um, and I also loved him. Remember that movie, um, Twilight's Last Gleaming, too? That, yeah, I do. That's a great film he's in right, right around the same era of those movies. Uh, he's one of the actors on Murder in the, on the Order Express as well. Yeah. My mom loved Richard Woodmark. Of course, he, he really became uh, Kiss of Death, right? He pushes the woman down the stairs. That's where everybody uh, saw him for the first time. All right. Uh, I think we've done a show with Denzel Washington, Chuck, and I actually saw a trailer to his new movie as well. Denzel Washington's the little things where he's trying to catch a serial killer. If you haven't seen that trailer, check it out. Chuck, I saw that trailer. Ten- Denzel is 66 years old. Um, hard to pick just one. You can't. I, I listen. I just was watching the equalizer on, uh, on, I think it was on TNT and it, it hooked me. He's, um, He's one of the greatest of all time, no doubt, in my opinion. And I, uh, I quite everything recently... he, everything he does is just good. Like I mean, even if it's not great, it's still good because he's doing it. His line readings, even like a movie like John Q, which you know, Ugh. he's still good in that movie. Yeah, um, I, I will say Crimson Tide. I, I recently I love watched Crimson too. Tide. He's great in that. Even a how about this? The Siege. That's an utter mess. But he's very good. I, in I'm not movie. a big fan of that film, but he's good in it. He's good in it. To, I'll always go back to glory with him. He won the Oscar. I mean, of course, you know, he plays a good villain in, uh, you know, Training Day. It's, Training you know, Day. He's great. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I think know. he's very underrated in Philadelphia. You know, Tom Hanks. Gets I, all agree. The accolades I, for that. I agree. I agree. 100%, 100%. That movie doesn't work without Denzel Washington in it. There's you no know, doubt about I, it. I, I, I know, I'm you know, going to think I'm joking, but if they were going to do a direct remake at the time of the Beside Adventure, he would have been a great Reverend Scott. No, seriously, he would have been a great Reverend Scott. He'd be great as the character Paul Newman plays in When Time Ran Out. It doesn't matter. He'd just be great. All right, Chuck, 
Personally, I think this guy has fallen off the deep end, uh, but he has made a lot of great movies with a lot of great performances. Uh, John Voight is 82 years old this weekend. Um, John I got, Voight. I, I, I got two. One, one's Deliverance, obviously. You know, first time I saw him on a, on a, on a big screen way back when uh, or in a movie. And then uh, there's something fun about his villainous turn in Anaconda. That you go, boy, he's just like, he's so over the top, but damn, yeah. is this entertaining. Can you guess the and, first And also, movie? you know, in Ray, Ray Donovan, he's really good in Ray Donovan. He's also very good on 24, I believe. One of the days he was the, he was the villain in that, too. Good villain in that. Plays a villain yeah. very good. Um, first time I saw him on screen, I was a little kid, Chuck. Um, 1979, The Champ. Remember, he played a boxer. Boy, I do. Ricky Schroeder. Oh, what a depressing that's movie that was. a tearjerker. We're missing the obvious, though. His best movie is Runaway Train. He's just balls to the wall, action mode there, and he's very good. He got an Academy Award nomination for that. Uh, Runaway Train. And Midnight, Midnight, Midnight Cowboy is a classic. Midnight right? Cowboy is a classic. Boy, that well. is one gritty movie. Yeah. They yes, don't that, uh, like, like, ta- like Taxi Driver. They don't make movies like that anymore. Not no. that get mainstream distribution and make no. mass mainstream people come out to watch. I mean, yeah. that movie made a lot of money. And think about it. They rated that movie X and it I wasn't because did. of sex and it was because of just the subject matter and how yeah, subject matter. He plays yeah. a gigolo and, yep. he's, you know, and selling himself in New York City and meets Rasso Rizzo played by Dustin Hobbs. It's a very gritty movie. Yeah. Um, all right. Ted Danson, Chuck, uh, 70. I'm sorry. Yeah. 73 years old this weekend. Obviously, Cheers. Sam alone. Yeah. yeah. Um, he did a t- movie with Jack. He did a movie with Jack Lemmon called Dad. I know it's overly it's sentimental, but it has some power to it. It's a good movie. I think so. And he, I think he works in Three Men and a Baby. I actually yeah, think I he's actually the funniest part of Three Men and a Little Lady. I thought he was very good in that. But uh, yeah, I guess he doesn't. I remember back in the he was in the Onion Field. I remember that back in the day. And he's um, in Creep Show. Creep Show. Yeah, one of the segments with Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> But but what about his turn when the when he married Whoopi Goldberg and the uh, Made in America? Um, oh boy, was that a disaster! And he did getting even with Dad with Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, another disaster. Uh, but I did like Dad. I thought Dad was a good movie. That's a yeah. That's a good pick. All right. Last but not least, Jude Law. Chuck is um, still relatively young, fifty eight years old. How I'm about sorry, Gigolo? For, how about Gigolo? Forty eight years old. How about Gigolo Joe in uh, AI? AI? Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like that turn. Yeah, it's a good turn. Um, I thought he was very good in Contagion as well. Um, And I love the movie Black Sea. I'm not sure if you've ever seen that movie, Chuck, about a bunch of mercenary uh, uh, gold seekers and submarines. He's Mm -hmm. really good in that movie. Check out Black Sea. Um, He's really underrated actor. You know that, Chuck? He's usually pretty good in everything he's in. Um, But yeah, I guess Gigolo is probably the best one for... uh, for our good friend Jude Law, who um, I find that movie interesting. I love that it's movie. A, it's a really interesting movie in the Spielberg's canon. I, I love that. Movie. I, I like that movie. Yeah. Um, again, a lot of people don't like the pace of that movie and yeah, and and have a problem with it. But I, I think it's done. Well, it's it's Spielberg channeling very well. Kubrick. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what it is. And the te- and Anthony Hopkins teddy bear. I mean that that movie's uh, and he narrates teddy. the film. Yeah, Teddy's yes. 
is really, really good. All right, Chuck, we'll wrap things up here. You know, Wonder Woman takes place in 1984. We talk about 1984 a lot. I'm going to see how many of the top 10 fan favorites movies of 1984 that you can name, and I'll let you know where they rank. Fandango recently did a survey of over 1,500 fans because Wonder Woman 1984 is pick your favorite movie from that year. All right, Chuck, there's 10 movies on this list. You want me to pick? Put on your thinking cap. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, okay, and you ready? Name one, and I'll tell you where it lands on the list. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is the number one movie on the list, which I think is very wrong, but um, it, it, because it's, it's good. Karate Kid. Karate Kid is number four. Gremlins. Number five. Terminator. Number three. Uh, You've gotten four-fifths of the top five. That's really good. Beverly Hills Cop. Number six. All right. Chuck's on a roll here. This gets a little tougher. Well, I, I think number 10 you're not going to get, but you could get the next four. Number two you still don't have, which I'm surprised. I, don't. I, I would say maybe it's your favorite movie of 1984 or one of them. You got to give me a hint. My, my mind's going a little. All right. Uh, I'll give you a hint. This, Dead. the number two movie is uh, part of a series of movies. Hmm. And I think it might be your favorite edition of the series of movies. Where the main character um, might come back as an 80 year old in the next one. No time for love, Doctor Jones. Does that help you? Oh, of course. Uh, Temple of Doom. Yes. My bad. I should have known that right. Should have known that one. I, but, I mean, uh, I don't think Revenge of the Nerds is on that list. Not. It's the top not 10, on right? that list. No, okay. there is another comedy. What about Red Dawn? What about Red Dawn? Red Dawn not on that list. No? I think. I think uh, no, not on that list. Um, sir, one movie here. Look, the one you're not going to get. At number 10 is the never ending story. Okay. Which the only reason I think that's there is because of the ending of Star Stranger Things season three. Probably. But I, there's no reason whatsoever that that movie would be at number 10. But the yeah. nines, eight and seven, you should get one's a John Hughes comedy. One's a musical in a, in a modern sense. And one's a, a basically a star vehicle for uh, an actor and an actress doing an action movie kind of a la Indiana Jones. Yeah. Romancing the stone. That's number nine. Right. And, um, Give me the other one before that, the clue. One's a, a, a movie musical that like they would have done mu musicals in the 80s, um, but there's nobody singing in it. The soundtrack made it more, more popular. Oh, it's Footloose. Yes, number eight. And yeah. then number seven was really the first time people realized John Hughes could write teenage comedies. Is it 16 Candles? Yeah, 16 okay. Candles. All right, okay. So here's the list. Ten, Never Ending Story. Nine, Romancing the Stone. Eight, Footloose. Seven, 16 Candles, six, Beverly Hills Cop, five, Gremlins, four, Karate Kid, three, Terminator, two, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, number one, Ghostbusters. And I still say, as good as Ghostbusters is, it's highly overrated. It is not the best movie of 1984. I, I, I would agree. I just want to, you know, what I was I say to you. We, me, my wife and daughter, because we, they love Cobra Kai. I love it too. Yeah. We said, oh, they, we were watching the Karate Kid yeah. uh, the other day, right? And I was watching it. It's, it's a perfect film. I got a question for you. And that's obviously John Alveson directed, he won the Oscar for Rocky. 
very sim- similarities. Let's just say hypothetically, you took out Miyagi's character, right? Well, you can't. And, do and you that. put you and you put do that. listen to me. And you put in Rocky Balboa, and instead of karate, you taught the kid boxing. That movie works, no? Yeah, it still works. I'm mean, just saying. I, I it popped in my head. I thought, why is that popping in your head? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say in Superman two, you take out Superman yeah. and, and and you put in uh, the Penguin instead. It still works, right? No. I mean, what are you talking? I mean, come <laughs> on. <laughs> I can't but, help myself. I got to be honest. Well, listen, uh, that's 1984 in a nutshell, though. Those I mean, I don't know where they're coming up with never ending story. That movie's not even good, let alone. Um, well, I wouldn't, I, it, it, it has it's revered by a lot of people who like that movie. I, I guess it's got a good song. I would say that. But I'm a little surprised. That's a that, Wolfgang Peterson movie, by the way. Right? Yeah, I know. I'm a little surprised that Karate Kid wasn't number one, considering the the emergence of uh, mm-hmm. of uh, Cobra Kai right now. Um, and then Ghostbusters. Remember, there's one in the can we're supposed to see. Um, yeah, soon. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens. Chuck, uh, that's 1984. And by the way, Wonder Woman 1984, there's no feel whatsoever outside of there being a President Reagan and somebody's wearing fanny packs that you're actually in 1984. What a complete and utter disaster of a movie. Uh, well, we agreed on one thing and that was wonder woman, Chuck, everything else we seem to have lost our way, but and that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it fun. Um, but, uh, we'll do this again next week where it'll be, uh, well, it'll be new year's day, the day after new year's day. So this would be when Wilbur and the crew get on board, right? Uh, Absolutely. I, and I remember that like it was yesterday. I remember sitting in a movie theater back in 1979 watching Beyond the Poseidon Adventure with my father. Boy, uh, it, I was going to say in a packed house, but I think it was just me, him, and the janitor uh, at the Kingsway Movie Theater in Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. And you will watch that again, won't you? I probably will. Alright, Chuck, we'll do this all over again next week. Thank you, Mike. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts.
podcast by Federated Media. Podcast by Federated Media.